0: This is Angus. Welcome to Angus's Appendices at Kirby's Kids One Shot. SHOT! Welcome back, kids, and thanks for listening as we profile an incredible life in comics. Dennis Denny O'Neill, best known for writing and editing Batman comic books, died on June 11th of Natural Causes. He was 81 years of age, a very full life. He wrote Batman, Detective Comics and Batman Legends of the Dark Knight, in addition to serving as an editor for DC's Batman-related comic books from 1986 to 2000. Along with editor Julie Schwartz and artist Neil Adams, O'Neill helped bring Batman back to his original, more gritty persona, in deep contrast to the 1960s campy batman tv series dc comics publisher jim lee remembered denny and said that he was his favorite green lantern writer to date lee continued denny was one of the earliest writers whose work and focus on social issues pushed comics to wider respectability and acceptance as an art form through his work and mentorship he influenced generations of writers and artists wow Jim really summed that up perfectly. Denny was born in St. Louis, Missouri in 1939, graduated from the St. Louis University, where he studied English literature, creative writing, and philosophy. He began his career in comics in the early 1960s as Stan Lee's assistant at Marvel and briefly worked at Charlton Comics before he was hired at DC in 1968. Denny, prior to going into comics, had actually been a reporter. That is where he cut his writing teeth professionally and this would go on to have a profound influence on him in his comics writing in addition to that denny when he was younger was very influenced by radio serials adventures and that would also go into influencing his writing style as a comics writer while at dc he worked on wonder woman Justice League of America, and Green Lantern Green Arrow. Before beginning to work on the reinvention of the Batman series, while at Batman with Neil Adams, O'Neill is credited with creating the supervillains Ra's al Ghul, Tali al Ghul, and Richard Dragon, as well as the characters of Leslie Tompkins and Azrael. O'Neill also helped reinvent the Joker and Two-Face, as they are seen today, and was instrumental in the death of Jason Todd, Batman's Second Robin. In 1980, O'Neill briefly returned to Marvel, where he wrote The Amazing Spider Man, Iron Man, and Daredevil. He went back to DC in 1986 and continued writing and editing Batman while also working on Green Arrow and. The question Beyond comics, he wrote a TV episode of Logan's Run, Superboy, Batman the Animated Series, and G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero. He taught at the School of Visual Arts and authored the DC Guide to Writing Comics. In December 2018, Denny O'Neill was the keynote speaker at the Jimmy Carter Presidential Library's Comic Books and Social Justice event. Denny was a devout pacifist after having served in the United States Navy, and he also was a very devout Catholic growing up. That influence, that Catholicism would make its way into quite a bit of his writing. Those influences can be clearly seen in this next selection that we will review in tribute to Denny O'Neill. That is Batman Volume 1 Issue number 251, The Joker's Five-Way Revenge. From the darkness of a country road, somewhere north of Gotham City, and from the greater dark of a past filled with evil, comes a terrifyingly familiar face. Thunder racks the earth, and lightning scars the sky, and wetness streams from the clouds like tears of morning. It is as if, though nature itself, were weeping. And well it might, for there is death abroad this night... The Joker's Five-Way Revenge. Story by Denny O'Neill. Art by Neil Adams. Editor, Julius Schwartz. This issue would hit the stands September 1973. Joker has set himself free from the mental hospital for the criminally insane Batman had him incarcerated, and therefore Joker now is out for blood. Before he was sent away, knowing that one member of his previous gang had ratted him out to the police, he has vowed to murder all five members of his gang. Only Batman is capable of stopping him. Despite Batman's best efforts, the Joker is able to finish off nearly all of his hit list. Batman is only alerted after the first murder, when a grinning corpse is found in the mud just outside of Gotham City, and he goes to reach out to the former members of the Joker's gang individually to try to protect them. This sequence would repeat itself over and over again until Batman finally is able to intervene with the fifth victim. All of this comes to a head at the aquarium where the last victim is. And finally, Batman is able to break free of the Joker's very devious plots and bring him to justice. Now, how all that happens... I'm going to leave it up to you, the reader, to check this out for yourself. As this has been described as perhaps one of Denny O'Neill's finest single issues that he ever wrote. And the illustrations by Neil Adams are classic Batman. This is a masterwork in single-issue accomplishment and would bring the Joker back to his violent roots. This portrayal of Joker as mass murderer first happened in the Golden Age of DC. Joker was reduced, however, to being an annoying prankster in the late years of the Golden Age, as there was a softening up of the character, if you will. And he would have some scarce appearances during the Silver Age. Of course, the campy Joker would be in the TV series, but this was Denny O'Neill, and Neil Adams' way of putting teeth, if you will, back into the Joker. With this story, many elements of the Joker's original portrayal were updated and remain to this present day as the constant feature or foundation from which all other Joker stories with Batman would happen. The story also makes relevant the fact that criminals like the Joker are held in a hospital for the criminally insane. Golden Age stories also mention mental hospitals for Joker and other villains. However, this would be laying that groundwork for Arkham Asylum and its appearance in Batman number 258. This issue also marks the permanent return of Batman's Rogue's Gallery after several years of absence. And this Joker's Five Way Revenge would be reprinted in its entirety or partially. In Batman number 254, Batman number 255, the best of ZC number two, the greatest Joker stories ever told, Batman illustrated by Neil Adams, volume three, Batman: the greatest stories ever told, the Joker: a celebration of 75 years, facsimile edition, Batman number 251, a full reprint of the issue by DC coinciding with the release of the movie Joker. The Joker's last appearance before this was four years earlier in a Justice League of America number 77. So another interesting tidbit is that the third act, if you will, of this story would be partially used or loosely adapted in a 1993 episode of The Laughing Fish from Batman the Animated Series. So this story, the Joker's five-way revenge, is foundational, not only in re-establishing the Joker character as being this deadly serial killing murderous villain, but also bringing up to date the Batman comic in general. And truly, this was one of the most important contributions to the comics medium that Denny O'Neill would do. And for all of us comic book fans, we are forever grateful. I would like to close out this tribute to Denny O'Neill with Requiem for a Heavyweight. Danny O'Neill by Neil Adams. This was an exclusive to 13th Dimension Comics, Creators, and Culture, a fantastic fan resource site. Neil goes on to say, My other creator half has finished his work, and now he has left us. Everyone asks, did we work closely together? No. Were we friends? No. We didn't have to be either. We worked together, apart, and he was totally professional. I trusted him to do the best job he could do, and he never let me down. But Denny O'Neill meant more to me than that, or that others could understand. Many comic book writers come from being comic book fans. Not Denny. Denny was a news writer, often on the night beat. His eyes saw reality, and he wrote that into his work. I come from the real world. Sure, we both read comic books, but superheroes are far from the real world. They are fantasy, mostly. Look at the work we did. Green Arrow. Batman. No superheroes, but heroes. Green Lantern, a superhero, but like Stan Lee's characters, flawed. He's a test pilot, a real-life hero. Would you test a jet? I wouldn't. So Denny wrote comics of characters that emerged from reality. That being so, why would I need to ever question such a writer? And I never did. Denny made me shine because he gave me reality in a fantasy genre. Were we alike? No. Denny was a passionate Irish writer. I'm a Sasquatch, bumbling around, crashing through walls, and upsetting every apple cart in the hall. Were we friends? In our way. The best of friends. Professional friends. A story. Years ago, Denny had a heart attack in a restaurant. It shook him. He talked then a lot about a concept that he must change many things in his life. I promised him if he resolved to make changes, he would live a long, happy life. He changed. He married a wonderful woman, an old flame who watched over the new Denny. It was good. Then, as life would have it, she died. And now, would he still be alive if she didn't die? Life doesn't have easy answers. For me, damn it, I'm glad he was there to help me do the work by doing his half. He changed comics for the better. That coming from Neil Adams, Requiem for a Heavyweight, Denny O'Neill, as he reflects on the loss of his creative partner in comics. In conclusion, I would just like to take a moment to reflect on what Denny O'Neill has meant to me as a comics reader denny first started influencing me when i was a kid if it hadn't been for the success that he had had in reviving batman with neil adams there would not have been batman stacked cards by neil adams and dick giordano a power records book that i would get as a kid that would hook me in to batman to comics that record listening to it and turning the pages power records book, that Batman. That would get me started in comics. Later, as an adult, I would find out that Denny O'Neill was the writing force behind that reviving of Batman. I would then go on to read Batman, Volume 1, Issue 251, and receive the education of Denny O'Neill into Saint Dionysius of Rome, the patron saint of comedians and actors that would be seen in that Batman volume one, 251. Denny would go to team up with Neil Adams on their historically relevant Green Lantern, Green Arrow run of the 70s, focusing in on the menaces of racism, poverty, drugs, and other social ills, which were relevant for the times then, and much of that still relevant today. I would also be influenced as an adult in his adaptation of Fritz Labor's. Fatford and the Grey Mouser series, which we just read this past March for Appendix N month here on Kirby's Kids. And then finally, we would have the question in the 80s coming to that beloved character. I'm a huge Steve Ditko fan. And for Denny O'Neill to have taken that character on and in the first issue, kill off the character and reinvent the question into something just as compelling as the Ditko character was a phenomenal. Feat by a brilliant writing talent, which would then go on to have Renee Montoya character that we have today, which would make her debut into the last film put out by DC. So, all in all, Danny O'Neill has had a profound influence on me as a comic book reader, both from my youth in the foundational Batman series and reviving of that character to now as an adult going back and rediscovering his works. And next year, I would highly encourage all of you to please join us next April when we will be reading the Green Lantern, Green Arrow run that Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams did in the 1970s, as that will be our graphic novel of the month for April 20. 21. Well, kids, we hope you have enjoyed this small tribute to Denny O'Neill. And we would love to hear from you. Please leave us a message via the Anchor app or send us an email at kirbyskidspodcast at gmail.com with your reflections on how Denny O'Neill influenced you as a reader in comics. Excelsior!